The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation. Here's your host, Simon Pound. Social media is the venue where so much of business now happens. It used to be people went shopping by visiting a bunch of stores. Now, people are always shopping on their Instagram, even when they don't know it. It used to be you'd find out about a company and make your mind up about them or head in to complain at their stores. Now it's all happening on Facebook pages and through passive-aggressive tweets. But being good at social media might not have been what got people into business. The world moves fast, how do businesses keep up, and do you now need to be on TikTok? One company that's been at the front of helping small and large businesses succeed on social is Socialites. Around two years ago, they were joined by a new co-CEO, Melanie Spencer, who came from a career of helping businesses communicate and grow. To talk her journey, the social media landscape and the business, and whether you do need a Snapchat, Melanie Spencer joins us now. Tēnākwe, thank you for being here. Kia ora. Hello. Hey, so first up, tell us about your career heading into the, the co-CEO role at Socialites, um, being kind of both at the pointy end of uh, communications in the agency world and then running places as well. So tell me about agency life. Okay, so agency life, I started agency life um, many, many years ago, probably over 20 years ago in Sydney. Um, I studied in France got a first-class honours in international business, landed in London, thought I was uh, pretty cool stuff, um, wanting to get into marketing and nobody would touch me. And I was like, hang on a minute, but I've got a first-class honours. Surely you could give me a chance. And um, I ended up working in banks, of all things, on trading floors. And finance is not my strong point. And... um, but it was so good for me and I absolutely loved the buzz of it. Um, moved from London to Sydney and um, I got introduced to a, a lady called uh, Sophie Lander who had a boutique agency called Lander Communications. I didn't even know what PR was at that time. I went in for the interview and I got I got the job. And that was my sort of first introduction into agency life 
the funny thing is, is Sophie was such a renegade um, back then. I remember clients saying, hey, can you report on this? And Sophie would say, look, do you want us to do the work and get you PR or do you want us to give us reports how things have changed? Um, and we used to, and now I look back on it, um, we used to uh, work in um, big property um PR deals and also um, influencer marketing. Uh, we used to look after uh, uh, famous chefs like Matt Moran. We used to have Delta Goodrum come to um, big events, big property events. And now that I look back on it, it's like, hang on a minute, that's actually the start of influencer marketing. Um, and that's where I really grew to love storytelling. Um, everyone sort of said, if you need a d difficult story to sell into the media, give it to Mel. Um, and I think it was, you know, finding that hook and really immersing myself in what the target audience um, want to hear. So that was my sort of my first start in agency life. I actually worked for Sophie for about seven or eight years. Um, and then we moved back to New Zealand and I worked for a couple of agencies here and um, started really sort of dabbling in social media. But I actually, looking back, started social back when it really first started about 10 uh, 12 years ago, um, but looked after Haraway Oats, did social media for ASB, um, started Trilogy, hashtag no filter. Um, and so agency life has always been in my blood and I've absolutely loved it, but there's always been a love-hate relationship with it, I've got to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's the, what's the love-hate relationship? Because, I mean, um, having, having done a little bit of time in some agencies, like the adrenaline and the pace and the, you know, late night and the deadlines and the clients needing this now, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that kind of um, makes it at once quite energising and exhausting. You're ex absolutely right. Um, agency life is addictive and you get addicted to that buzz and um, the adrenaline and the fizz and everyone collaborating and workshopping and, um, and riffing ideas. Uh, at the same time, burnout is a real thing. At the same time, uh, uh, Back in the day, agency life could be full of egos, could be full of, you know, people who thought they were better than others. Um, and I've always been on the crusade of um, really building up respect and trust and um, people's confidence uh, within agency because I've seen people burn out and I've seen people, so many people say, there is no way I'm ever going back to agency. Yeah, and I mean, agencies today aren't necessarily like they they were, but there was there was such a badge of honour for kind of you know working twenty hour days or you know I, I worked at a at a um, ad agency that had a breakfast bar and then a bar bar, and after a while I worked out that it was probably only there so they could like um, break up some families and so people would be at work longer. I'm sure a lot of families have broken up because of uh, agency life, but it's changed now. Um, and what is really, really cool is, you know, what I say to my team is when you have an agency, I'm building you up to, um, you know, have a team and respect a team and build up a team um, and motivate a team like 
we're humans, right? Um, and we've got this amazing, um, uh, you know, group of people who just think differently, which is a beautiful thing. And what is also really cool is seeing all these women CEOs come in um, uh, just really in the past few months with these big agencies. So I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah, the culture 20 years ago in agencies mm. versus today, where, you know, there are all these kind of like hero kind of like men figures who were, you know, if you, if you look at it on paper, like terrible people to be in charge of anything. <laughs> like, you know, famous for drinking for 19 hours or, you know, like coming up with the p- pitch on the way to the meeting or whatever it might be. And yeah, and then they're leading these big organisations and... Yeah, the, the world's changed. It seems to have got a little bit more professional and um, less, uh, yeah, um, power imbalance perhaps. Yeah, and I think the respect um, between the client and the agency there is is, is there as well. Um, and I think that has, has shifted where it's like, you know what, uh, agencies are there for a purpose. Um, we're there to, um, you know, see the wood for the trees. We're there to really, really help these businesses and these brands thrive. Um, and and that's why we love what we do. Um, and I always, you know, Wendy and I, we, we are there ultimately to build a brand's you know, ultimately there to build a business, not just our business, but our clients' businesses. And so you came out of working for some pretty big PR agencies uh, in New Zealand and went into managing smaller businesses that were still creating experiences for customers and still working in communications, but into into management. What took you out of, uh, you, you know, account management and PR into um, management? Yeah, great question. Uh, actually, Spaceworks is an interior commercial design business. They were actually my client um, and Lizzie sort of followed me from one agency to another and she said, hey Mel, how about it? Come and work for me. And I was like, oh my gosh, client site, how exciting. Um, and I spent three years at Spaceworks and I absolutely loved it. Um, and that was my first real taste of growing a business and managing a business. Um, you know, Lizzie Whaley, she, you know, she, she's been in the industry for 20 or so years um, and working alongside her, but me not being a designer was actually fantastic because I could speak the language of the client. So th- these designers are s- so blooming talented but sometimes the translation between their work to the client wouldn't quite get through. Um, but I could sort of demystify that language to the client, which is a form of marketing, I guess. Um, and I became general manager pretty quickly. And we grew from uh, seven team members, I think, to about 28 team members when I had left. So I was like, this is this is what I love doing. I love business. I love growing business. And I love growing teams. Um, so that was my first sort of experience um, on the business side of things. And then um, I got the bug again the agency bug and uh, got tapped on the shoulder by Strategy Creative, uh, which is um, uh, another agency. um, And Jeff Cranko sort of asked me to um, help set up an Auckland office in New Zealand. I'm sorry, in Auckland. 
Um, and that was almost starting from scratch, so completely different. Um, and wow, for two years, I just we you know went hell for leather and and grew this little agency um, pretty pretty quickly. So you can sort of see that I. I, I love the marketing side, but the business side and the growth side is what really gets me going. Um, but the problem was I kept – this was a branding agency, but I kept selling in social media. <laughs> so, and I was like, hang on, there's something not quite right here. So um, – I did that for a couple of years, but I just content and storytelling is just in my blood. And that's where I was like, hang on a minute, I need to get back into what I love, but also have the opportunity to grow a business as well. And I've known Wendy for a couple of years and um, we started talking and that's how it all began. So Wendy is Wendy Thompson, the current, who is the existing CEO at uh, Socialites. Tell me about coming into a co-CEO role and what's involved with that. Yeah, look, uh, Wendy, um, she's founder and CEO, and we we dated. We call it dating for a while actually for a, a long time, because essentially coming in as a co-owner and a co-CEO, you're essentially, well, you kind of are married. We call each other the, our work wives, and we even say, look, you are the one, which is kind of cool. Um, and Wendy and I really balance each other out. Wendy has um, exceptional focus and um, her and I we have the same values we have the same vision um, but that was not uh, something that um, we designed um, it was uh, more of a um, uh, it was it was it was just a beautiful thing that happened and we just worked out actually you know Wendy, you focus on one or two things and she will absolutely go for it. Whereas I'm sort of the, the person on the ground, um, I probably have uh, get bored easily and I go between the team building, the clients, the marketing, the HR, the, the everything and just let get everything humming. Um, so co-CEOing is when it's right, it's great. Wendy and I are always on the phone with each other. We're riffing, we're spitballing, we're workshopping our situations. And especially during a time of, say, COVID, there is no way I could have done what I did and probably vice versa without each other, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, tell me first a bit about, like, how big is the business at Socialites and what kind of work are you doing there before we perhaps jump into COVID? Yeah, so uh, when I started um, the business, I think we had about 11 team members. Uh, we're up to 25 now, and we've grown substantially over the past couple of years. Uh, we have um, different business units. We have our enterprise team. We have our community management team uh, who work shift work from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., seven days a week, 364 days a year. 
keeping all that banter and conversation going. Uh, we have the social club, but I guess we'll get to that. So that's our influencer marketing arm. We have a APAC team or head of China um, team. Um, and we have our media team as well. Uh, and since COVID, one of Wendy's special projects was growing the SMB market, or um, sorry. Um, so we've got uh, different teams, but they all cross over and work beautifully together. Cool. And then how was, I mean, so, so, so you're kind of on the, the, the front line f- on behalf of really big businesses. So, you, you know, some of the bigger businesses in the country, hey, you're, you're, you're um, uh, Sparks and the like, is that right? Yeah, Spark was um, a few years ago, uh, but we work uh, for Microsoft, um, the warehouse, Mitre 10, uh, New World, um, uh, generate, um, you name it, every uh, every industry under the sun and every sort of Kiwi and also international business. Um, but yeah, we definitely represent their communities for sure. And so you're kind of, you've got the people, uh, you, you know, there to catch people complaining or trying to jump the queue for help or doing whatever they do in a public way Uh, and then also helping kind of smaller businesses with their online strategy and to grow and quite a few of those programs are um, they're they're kind of um, productized aren't they you've got kind of courses and things that small businesses can do to to get better at social yeah, we do. I think um, whichever doesn't even it doesn't matter the size of the business. Our job and what we are very very good at is building um, a, a brand community online for commercial success. Um, and just going back to the, um, the the bigger the bigger businesses for New World when we took over, um, they were having four hundred and fifty conversations a month online or on social. Um, you know, it's very dormant. Um, over During COVID, we got up to nearly 40,000 conversations a month, from 450 to 40,000. Um, and brand sentiment, because we had taken care of that community, um, brand sentiment during a tough time such as COVID, uh, you know, we... We say that we won COVID, but we we won COVID um, because we had nurtured the community prior to this big event. Um, And, you know, during COVID, SMBs and the tourism industry were really, really battling. Um, And so many businesses um, just didn't know what to do. Um, and, you know, the government were great and, and um, had uh, poured uh, investment into um, agencies such as ours to digitise these these um, small businesses. Um, and what we found is, you know, Wendy and I would be talking to these small businesses and we've, we've built a team around it as well. But, you know, you just – you feel like you're actually helping them. You're doing some good. Um, and we do. We have, we've got products where um, we can do strategies for them. We can have one-on-one training courses with them, which they absolutely love. And we've got the most amazing team um, running these courses. Um, or we've got um, a program where they can just pick up the phone um, a couple of times a month and go, hey, 
I don't know what to do next. Can you help me with ads manager? Can you help us with our content moving forward? So, um, and it's all very structured for them, so it's easy for them. And we'll be back shortly to hear more about how small business owners can build their businesses online with Melanie Spencer of Socialites. Kia ora. If it's your dream to come and work at the spin-off or our sister company Daylight Creative, then listen up. The spin-off is on the hunt for our next editor of The Bulletin, our flagship morning newsletter. We want someone who's a proud news freak, someone who knows how to sift through the headlines and pluck out the most essential stories of the day and then explain them to a time-poor audience. If this sounds like you, get your application in before July the 25th. If you're passionate about creating meaningful, impactful work that makes a difference, then you'll want to be part of the Daylight Creative crew. We're after two new members to join our client service team. We're looking for a full-time account manager and a contract account director to look after our amazing client base. Applications for these two roles close on August the 2nd. Go to thespinoff.co.nz forward slash spinoffjobs for more information or to apply. Yeah, and that work that the government did to help small businesses get sorted online, uh, like the tourism industry is such a great example of something that has just kind of relied on people turning up and then selling through really traditional channels, you know, um, brochures at the eyesight and uh, link ups with tour guides and stuff. Tell me about kind of helping these businesses uh, get a presence online and build communities to, to help their business. Yeah, you're 100% right. You'd be really, really surprised um, how they really relied on traditional methods to um, to get, um, uh, you know, their, their business thriving. So um, it's really starting from the beginning with a lot of them. Uh, it's really starting from, you know, this is this is your brand. This is you know, your audience. Um, this is how we can target that audience. And of course, they went from a lot of um, those tourism businesses went from attracting international people to um, to New Zealanders. So their whole business uh, model changed. So we helped them really work out, um, you know, why an Aucklander would visit um, and spend money with them or why someone would travel from Taupo to Auckland to come to, um, you know, some sort of, um, I don't know, bungee jump or, or the like. So it really it really was not only helping them with their social media, but it's really helping them with their, their um, business strategy as well. Um, and we've seen so we just got we have been getting incredible feedback because I think um, ultimately we're a soft place to land and holding their hand throughout throughout the process and I and I call it um, giving them their social media wings you know so it's like just giving them a nest and then um, and then when they're ready to fly they go fly so. Yeah, and it's such a funny thing, especially for small businesses, hey, where maybe people don't feel like, maybe they feel like talking about themselves online is self-promotion, or maybe they feel uncomfortable putting themselves out there um, and saying how great their service is even, um, or, or they just don't want to put their head above the parapet, you know? Uh, how do you help these businesses? Um, yeah, like, yeah, it's such a, <laughs> talk it's, about themselves. It's such a Kiwi thing, yeah. and to be fair... Um, I can understand. Yeah. I can really, truly understand. Um, but 
we, I always say you don't have to be arrogant with it. You've got to be proud. Um, and, and especially, uh, you know, after last year, everyone wants to help each other. And we've got to have um, a sense of pride. And um, if we're not out there, if we're not having that co- two-way conversation uh, with our target audience, then you're just not going to be seen. And and that's the thing. You know, social media um, uh Usage has just absolutely gone through the roof since last year. Um, it's just, uh, you know, it's where people go to be informed, inspired, entertained. If you're not on it, um, you're really going to be lost. So, um, yeah, it's just giving them the confidence and the know-how Um and I think that's why they do come to us. It's like, okay, here are your content pillars. This is what you need to talk about. And then they're like, okay, I can go and do it now. And in terms of the way of getting the story out there, uh, you mentioned earlier on the absolute primacy of magazines and people uh, who are the gatekeepers of those, you know, at the beginning of your career. And now kind of the magazines are the influencers, they're people who have similar reach to a lot of um, the magazines that you might have. Um, but it's been such an evolving space in terms of kind of how that all works. Tell me about how you as a team bought the social club in order to have uh, influencers as a real key part of what you do. Yeah, so uh, we always did influencers. Um, and and I think the funny thing is there's a lot of agencies that that do influence marketing. Um, When we sort of, COVID started sort of rolling in, when did I kind of, I remember we looked at each other and went, I wonder if there is something we could possibly buy during this time. Anyway, the the opportunity came up uh, with the social club and we've known Georgia for a long time. She's an absolute force. Um, She's the founder of the social club. And it came up um, and we were like, okay, hang on a minute. COVID's just hit. This is a scary time. Is buying a business really the right thing to do? Uh, but Wendy and I being Wendy and I, we were like, let's just, let's, let's look at it really seriously. And we were like, you know, this is an absolute no-brainer. The social club are, you know, the best in New Zealand. Um, 12,500 influencers on the database. A team of absolute experts. It's not a talent agency, talent agnostic. So, you know, the ideation of how to bring a brand to life using influencers is like, this is just, it's closing the loop with um, with our service uh, at Socialite. So um, we did all our due diligence over um, uh, over Zoom, over chips and beer, over Zoom, and um, and we just made the leap, and it was absolutely one of the best decisions we've ever made. And how have you, along the journey, upskilled in your role? As I know that you've um, you've worked with the Ice House, and um, yeah, how do you? Keep you know as as a business grows and as your role grows, how do you keep growing? Really good question. Uh, something that uh, Wendy and I talk about a lot is investing in ourselves and our growth and our education. Um, and Wendy's a massive believer in it. Um, so I did do the owner manager course at the Ice House, which was 
absolutely incredible. Um, a big supporter of the Ice House. They feel like a real family of mine now, a real business family. Um, so we are constantly putting ourselves on courses. Um, mentors, I've got the most amazing mentor, Sheridan Broadbent, who is an absolute force. Um, and I'm now looking at my next course that I can do uh, next year. Um, so I'm just constantly reading um, uh, I'm probably reading five books at a time, um, but also just looking at where um, I can lo- learn and grow with these different courses. And like the Ice House is an absolute no-brainer. And there's a new stage coming on now. Hey, tell me about what's happening next in the company and with you. Yeah, so look, the uh, um, Wendy and I are always planning and we're always planning our growth and our next move um, and always exciting times, which is, which is great. But I always say to my kids and also the team, expect the unexpected in life. Um, and I very unexpectedly... Um, became pregnant at the beginning of the year, which was quite scary for someone who uh, uh, is a co-owner and a co-CEO. Um, so we, uh, Wendy, when I told Wendy, I cried um, and I thought uh, my life was over. Um, and I'm being really honest at the moment because it's a, it's a thing that I want to share because I know other people would go through. Um, and, you know, Wendy and I decided uh, as partners that, you know, we we are going to make this work. Um, and we've got 22 females in our team. And what better way to lead the crusade for our team, but also for wider New Zealand um, to, um, you know, to to be a, a older mum, a more mature mum, uh, and also the mo- and a mother of three as well. So I'll be a mother of four um, and co-CEOing and co-owner of, of a business. So, um, you know, it is about the support. It is about um, respecting females who um, want to keep working and keep going and making it easier for them to do so. Yeah, and... The fact that it is such, a, you know, that you, you said then that you felt like your life might be over. Like, I wonder how many senior male managers who have a child, uh, you know, when they're 20 years into their career, I wonder if that's a moment of them wondering, you know, whether people are going to think they can do their job or, you know, whether there's room for them to be doing that and doing their job. It feels to me like it's kind of... Um, yeah, like like a, a sign of, of something that really needs to be pushed past. Yeah, and that's the that's the scary thing um, because um, you're absolutely right. I don't think um, a male would think that their life or their career is over. Um, maybe I was being dramatic, but that's how I felt at the time, and I was. Um, talking to my mentor, Sheridan, and she's like, Mel, you need to share the story because um, if you felt it, then just imagine what your team would feel as well. And we have a, a, another team member who's um, actually three weeks ahead of me. But, you know, you need to lead the way in this because um, if you're feeling it, then other women in New Zealand will be feeling it as well. 
Yeah, and if there's that pressure on women, is that perhaps, in, in your opinion, could that be a contributor to the fact that so few women are in the leadership roles of things like the NZX50, where there's one or two women leading these organisations? Yeah, I think, um, you know, the, the social pressure is is still there, 100%. Um, and there is a thing called pregnancy prejudice. Um, and I've, I've looked into it and I've studied it. And um, it is still there. So, you know, we have made massive, massive um, headway. You know, we've got Jacinda who's <laughs> leading the country and had a baby. Um, you know, we listed, uh, Wendy listed all the CEO uh, women with, um, you know, lots of children. Um, we've got Cheryl Sandberg as well. Um, and I straight away read her book, Lean In. Um, so we're doing it, but it, there's still sort of an undercurrent that, um that is making it more difficult. Um, and I think it's also um, that sort of subconsciousness of the, the pull between the family and, and the work as well. But that's why you need a really supportive partner. Yeah, and like after a year where everyone's kind of seen everyone's families and spare rooms and like how, how people's blend of life and stuff goes. Yeah, what, what things will you be putting into place or are you thinking of putting into place to mean that it is something that can be, um, yeah, just, just taken in stride and, you know, as normal perhaps as any male leader having a child at any stage of their career. Yeah, so um, we are thinking about um, putting sort of a soundproof room in for um, nanny and baby, um, you know, um, a, a fridge um, dedicated to uh, milk, you know, baby's milk. Um, you know, so little things like that where, um, you know, team members who have young babies can feel comfortable um, bringing their babies in, um, but also um, looking at more flexible working as well. So um, we're just sort of finalising what that's going to look like. Um, we are going to trip up. I'm sure we are. Um, but that's where hopefully I can be the guinea pig and we can try things out, see what works. Yeah, awesome. And as a kind of final thought, um, what will success be for you personally and what will success be for Socialites? I... Um, I heard a few months ago that success is actually not about your independent success, but succession and succession of your team members. I get nothing, I just, I, I, I nothing more than um, what I love most, nothing more, is um, seeing my team thrive and really succeed. Um, these young um, go-getters are just incredible. If I had half of what they have um, at, at their age, I'd be a gazillionaire. Um, so success for me is really seeing the team and obviously the business um, thrive. Um, and so that's, that's success for me. Um, success for the business, um, we are focusing on several different things. Um, social commerce will be um, an area that we're going to really start um, focusing in on. That's the sort of the new wave of where influencers selling direct on social media. It's going to be absolutely massive. It's huge in China and the wave is coming our way. Um, 
We already have a person in Melbourne, so uh, whether that means uh, Australia and beyond, um, we are uh, working on campaigns across 18 different nations um, in the globe, but whether that means we actually have people um, across the globe as well. Um, And... um, Absolutely the best social media agency across Australia, New Zealand and beyond. And I think we're pretty much, we're almost there, um, but it's a case of always, always moving and being agile. Cool. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story today. It's Melanie Spencer, the co-CEO at Socialites. Kelda. Thanks, Simon. Thank you very much to Teahe Butler for producing, and thank you very much for having us along and listening. Cheers. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound, brought to you by The Spinoff and Callahan Innovation. From The Spinoff Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, Jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.